Hi, this is Lisa, and you are listening to I Love That Movie. This podcast is for movie lovers. It's not an unbiased opinion. It's not a straightforward review. It's just a couple people talking about a movie that they love. The format is each week I have a guest, and that guest and I discuss a movie that they love, something they're obsessed with, something they connect with. We'll talk about the plot, the director, and the actors, but we'll also talk about the personal connection my guest has with that movie. So if that sounds like something you want to listen to, keep listening. This is Lisa, and if you want to catch up with me on Twitter, you can find me at ILTM Podcast. I'm also on Instagram at I Love That Movie Podcast, and we have a Patreon. Uh, the show is always free, but if you want to support us on there, you can. That's at Patreon.com/slash I Love That Movie. Uh, and if you do sign up, you get bonus episodes weekly of my weekly roundup. And right now, we're covering Loki. So um, each week I have a guest on there and we cover an episode. We've also covered The Mandalorian and WandaVision. So it's, it's a good time just for as little as a dollar a month. So I uh, want to take a moment to thank our top patrons and they are Chris Balga, Jeff Woodman, and Philip Barker and Michael Cross. Thank you guys so much for keeping the lights on. And if you do like what you hear today, please subscribe and rate the show. It does help new listeners find us. Uh, I have a returning guest today. I have Matthew Malice of the Polyhedron Podcast on the show. Say hi. Hello, everyone <laughs> out there in movie land. Yes, welcome back. Um, it's been a little while. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, if people haven't heard you on your previous episode, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? Hello, uh, my name is Matthew Malice. I am the basically the producer and one of the co-hosts for a RPG-focused podcast called Polyhedron. We've been going for several years now. We've been to several conventions, both digital and in real life, even though that's coming back now, which is good. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, also, just a and, uh, generally multimedia person, I'm also helping my friend at Simulacra uh, TV uh, doing some actual play recordings and broadcasts, so that's really cool. That's awesome. I think we met at DragonCon, right? When you yes, had your yes, yeah, yes. and you you actually encouraged me to start a Patreon. So thank you for that. Yay, I'm so happy. <laughs> you were so yeah. right. Um, yep. But yeah, uh, it was that was cool. That doesn't always happen, you know. When you talk to a podcaster, you have them on your show and all that stuff, and then you get to meet them. So that was really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so as usual, my guest always picks the movie. Uh, what movie did you choose to talk about today? All right. This took a little bit of roundabout. I already told her a little bit of story, but <laughs> yeah. 1989's The Burbs. Yeah, so a little bit of background. We were kind of chatting before we started here. Uh, this sh this movie has almost been chosen several times. Mm -hmm. Like so much so that I had to go back and look through and make <laughs> sure we hadn't already talked about it, which, you know, you, you brought this up a moment ago that we've covered a lot. I'm thinking about starting to bend that rule because, I mean, really, you could have more than one conversation about the same movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's been about four years now, and I think there's some that we I could definitely make exceptions for. But anyway. Uh, I know, because I looked at your list and I was like, oh, these are, I love the burbs. Don't worry, we're going to have a fantastic time talking about <laughs> it. But there was a couple others I was like, 
oh, I really want to talk about that one. And you may, and you you can. So those can be future episodes. But yeah, uh, with the Burbs, um, like I said, this has almost been chosen several times, probably for the same reason. I think it is beloved by people that have seen it, mm-hmm. uh, people probably around our age. Um, but, you know, it, it, it is somewhat of a cult classic. We'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah, but yeah. Um, let, me, uh, let me let you guys know that if this is your first time listening, uh, we, we do not uh, give spoiler warnings. Uh, mm-hmm. this, this conversation is free-flowing. It's going to go all over the place. So if you haven't seen this movie, I would recommend you see it. Now, you're going to have trouble finding it. <laughs> something we also talked about before we started recording it was everywhere for a while and yep. i don't know probably you know redistribution rights or something it is yeah. i think it's on voodoo and that's it yeah you can rent it on voodoo um so that's good luck you probably can get a dvd copy of it somewhere yeah like i don't have a blu-ray but i have like a regular dvd copy that i bought a long time ago and when i went through and started kind of trimming down my physical media that movie was like i can't let this go because i don't know if they've ever made a blu-ray or i knew even then that it was a little hard to find so i held on to it so i'm lucky yeah, you're real. You're real lucky. Actually. Yeah, uh, hopefully someday it gets you know put back okay, out. Okay, good. Universe, Shout Factory does have a Blu-ray copy of it. Oh, so thank really, you. So if you want to get it, Shout Factory's got it. Um, Interesting. Look that up. Okay, cool. Good to know. Yep. And yep. good to I know just for our listeners. Up. I'm probably not the only one thinking about that because uh, yeah. I was wondering when I watch it, like how you know if it would be different watching it, you know, upscaled, but. Um, yeah well, actually it's all very practical i think it'd look really good actually yeah you're right because it's not like there's a lot of effects or anything but no, um no. so before we go any further i'm going to read the synopsis mm-hmm. um and like i said if you guys need to pause and come back after you've seen it here's the synopsis of the burbs Settling in for some time off in his suburban home, Roy Peterson's vacation becomes a horror when the Klopex, a suspiciously odd family, move in down the block. Enlisting the aid of his paranoid buddy Art and his militiaman neighbor Rumsfeld, Ray sends his son and wife away on a trip while he investigates the Klopex. When a neighbor disappears, Ray and his cohorts risk their lives to save their cul-de-sac from the clutches of evil. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, man, that, that almost spoils it a little bit. Like, <laughs> it does. That's Sometimes summaries do that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's why I had to give that spoiler warning first. <laughs> So, uh, you know, this was directed by Joe Dante, uh, mm-hmm. who directed movies like The Gremlins, The Howling, Inner Space, you know, some other classics. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, he, yeah, he's a well-known and, and well-loved director for sure. Yeah, he, he, he's, he, he is definitely a director of the 80s. Like, yes, all of his big movies are generally from the 80s. I mean, he does some stuff nowadays, a lot of TV, actually. Um, but he, yeah, his big movies that I remember all from the eighties, even though I was like, my teenage years were in the mid nineties. So these are all things I watched on VHS and, and very in laser disc when I was a little older. Laser disc. Wow. That's, that's a flashback for sure. <laughs> my, yeah. my parents are cinef- big cinephiles. Oh, my that's so is. cool. I mean, it was the better quality. Um, yeah. You know, format. he loved multimedia stuff, so he he as soon as like D, like when Laserdisc became a thing, he got it. When DVDs were a thing, he got it, and then even when 
uh, when when we used Blu-rays and HDVDs were coming out, yes. he actually got two players so he could figure out, like he would have one when the other would, which depending on which one would win the formatting wars. <laughs> he was he was ahead of the curve. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have a couple of quick facts I wanted to share about the movie. This one had some interesting ones. Um, the first one is that Walter's toy poodle Queenie was played by the same dog that was precious in Silence of the Lambs. Oh, I read that earlier too, and I was like, <laughs> "So funny, really? Oh, poor dog." <laughs> I know. It seems really dark. Um, <laughs> this film received the worst reviews of any movie released in 1989, according to many who worked in the film, which includes director Joe Dante, editor Marshall Harvey, and co-stars Wendy Shaw and Corey Feldman. But it was a box office success and is now deemed a cult classic. Uh, that reviewer that tells you everyone reviewers know nothing. Everyone, <laughs> yeah, they're not crap. always right. Yeah, I mean, what's interesting about this movie, like you know, when we talked about the fact that the director did a lot of '80s classics, it it seems to hit like all those, like the funnest things about like '80s family movies in yeah. this like one film. Um, just everything from the look of it to the cast and the humor, like it just really hits well. So maybe at the time in 1989, they were like, this is like cliche and it's like so many other yeah, you know, movies yeah. like this. But in retrospect, it's really, that's what makes it endearing. Also, it's almost parody. Yes. It's, it's, it's actually almost parody when you look at it from a long enough lens at the time period. And that's, of course they didn't get it because it wasn't a, <laughs> a slap in your face parody. Yeah. It was a very subtle parody while also being its own thing, like, like being a legitimate, like entertainment experience. I agree. And I can't wait to, to discuss, you know, the parody aspect of it. I, I love yeah. that. Um, also, you know, we got to mention this, uh, the house where Ricky Butler played by Corey Feldman was actually where the Munsters was filmed. Yeah, I, uh, I, I looked that up too. Yeah. And the house where Tom Hanks and Carrie Fisher lived was from leave it to beaver. Mm -hmm. And most of the houses that were on the block where the film takes place were featured in TV shows, uh, with desperate housewives being the last. So I think that speaks to some of the parody you're talking about. I feel like where they're literally living in the houses of these like suburban, you know, family TV shows, but it's sort of a, you know, uh, a funny look at suburban life. Yeah. Well, that's the point, right? It's in a cul-de-sac it's encircled. Yes. Like that's, it's a critique. It's, it's a parody of like movies and television, but it's a critique of suburban lifestyle of like, Oh, this is a community and mm -hmm. only the community is here. Anyone outside the community is not really welcome. Like right. the Clopex are are this unknown new entity in the neighborhood <laughs> and everyone has to is bored and goes off half cocked because that's part of the, the charm of this movie. If you've never watched like, of course, if you I hope you've watched it because it's a good movie is right. you don't know what the Clopex are doing. You don't know right. if they're evil, like you don't know what's going on. So uh -huh. you're, you're just like Tom Hanks, Ray and mark runsfield and his buddy and a couple other people in the neighborhood's like are they all just like xenophobic paranoid neighbors that 
have too much time on their hands. Right. Because um, this is a, a trope that we recognize in real life. Like I, I was telling, uh, you know, we bought a house uh, earlier this year. So I feel like this is the perfect time to revisit this. Um, so we're in suburbia, but uh, it's interesting. I, I told my husband that at first I didn't feel as comfortable, like, walking around the neighborhood because mm -hmm. you know when i lived in an apartment we had walking trails and you share it with so many people that you live with and then we go to parks but when you walk around the neighborhood and you just moved in like everyone is staring at you like who is this person mm -hmm. should i call the police like are they <laughs> going to do something and especially when you I mean, we've all had that experience where we had to like back up in a cul-de-sac and turn around and the way like people like come out of their homes and they're like why is someone in my cul-de-sac you know? yeah exactly. <laughs> at least here in texas like and like they just look at you as you drive past and you're like what what i'm just driving here buddy yeah Stop and, looking uh, at me <laughs> and in texas you know they could be packing heat so you're extra yeah. careful <laughs> yeah um you know now that i've lived here for a few months people have seen me they wave and not to say that everybody that i have that experience all the time but it's just like it's a thing, you know, when you live in a, a suburban community, there is that level there and it deserves to be critiqued, I think. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. 100%. And this is like 80 suburbia. So, this is like no internet, no real anything. So, in, in the people you know are kind of the people in your neighborhoods. So, and you get that right from the jump of this is like, this is a what I call a true community. They know each other, they, mm -hmm. they like each other, and they hate each other <laughs> in like equal measure. They all have some snarky comment about each other. Yes. And like something they've done or something they will do or something. Just just the conflict. Like especially um, uh, Corey Feldman's character, Ricky, is like this weird comic relief like observer. Yes. Like, like the Almost like a choir. commentator. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's exactly what he does in the movie. <laughs> He's sitting there going, getting all his buddies up on the roof in the house watching the, the shenanigans unfold. Yeah, like these days, this would be like a thread on Twitter or Reddit, but yeah. in this movie in the 80s, he's kind of calling it all out. Um, you, t you you mentioned the cast. We we mentioned Corey Feldman. Uh, and before we start recording, we're talking about like how stacked the cast is. Yeah. Uh, did you want to spend some time kind of just talking oh, sure. about we'll, your favorite we'll go, actors? We'll go down I, I can literally talk for an hour by myself, and I'm not trying to like push you out. <laughs> like, this all, is your podcast. I'm just like, no, go for it. So we got Tom Hanks, who's Ray Peterson. Okay. Are a excellent 80s, 90s actor all around. Great guy. Uh, Bruce Dern, uh, who plays Mark Rumfeld, which is like the Vietnam, like hardcore Vietnam vet. Mm -hmm. He's great. He's th there's an amazing amount of physicality, like physical comedy in this movie. And Agreed. everyone brings it. Uh, one that always shocked me because I didn't think about it at the time until we you were like, hey, let's do the burbs. And I looked at the cast again. I was like, oh, right. Carrie Fisher's in it. Like Carrie Fisher plays Carol. For a while, I would always forget that she was in Blues Brothers, too. Yeah, true. Well, I actually knew she was in Blues Brothers. Like, I got that. But, like, oh, she's the she's the wife slash mother. And she is in it for a chunk of the movie, but she's mm -hmm. gone for also a big part of it as well. Yes. Um, part of the plot. But I was like, oh, Carrie Fisher's in this. And then you had Corey Feldman. You had Rick uh, uh, du Ducaman, I think his name. Uh, that sounds right. Yeah. is He plays Art, uh, the the weird like other neighbor from another neighborhood like he's a, <laughs> he's like because his property uh ray's property backs up to arts and they're yeah. friends and they come and mess with each other all the time so he just walks through the backyard yes uh, 
Uh, you have Wendell uh, Shale, which I don't know what she's done. She's Bonnie Rumsfeld. She's the wife of Mark Rumsfeld. She's sort of the eye candy of the movie. Yes. Because that's yes. like one of the running jokes. Well, and, and isn't that something that you sort of stereotype with the uh, the vet? You know, it kind of reminds me of like Cotton in um, King of the Hill, like yeah. the old vet that marries like way too young. Yeah. Sort of like a trophy wife. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, and then you then then we got then we got the Klopex. We got Henry Gibson as Doctor uh, Werner Klopex, which is like the main sort of patriarch of the family. Yes, uh, which great actor, like great yes. classic actor, uh, uh, Theodore uh, Gottlieb. I actually don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, he plays one of the other ones. You have Courtney Gaines, which plays the Hans Klopex, which is the really tall, orangey-haired one. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like the most like iconic Klopex. Because you see him and he's very different than a lot of these people. Um, yes. I mean, he looks very like, you know, you stumbled upon a backwoods area and it's yeah. like a scary uh, family that maybe, I don't know, there's some weirdness to their origins. Yeah. yeah it's like, just like, like, without, weird, yeah. like, they speak with like somewhere in Eastern Europe accent uh like the name is Klopek so it's like it's they they live in a rundown house that they bought like have like not a hearse but a really like like dingy broken car is like the transportation let's just say they they, it's they're like vampires oh yeah yeah they're and and then at the same time they give off this weird like almost hillbilly vibe at least hans the the, the tall yeah. guy does just yeah. reminds you of like a horror movie where you went down the wrong road and there's all these people yeah, living and, in and, an and, abandoned house yeah it's just scary and about <laughs> the cast too the last two i really need to mention uh they're in only for a part of the movie you got dick miller and robert picardo both I'm as so garbage you man them yeah <laughs> they always two... surprise me as an adult when i watch this i'm like oh robert picardo yeah yeah robert picardo <laughs> yeah. and dick miller uh rest in peace uh they they had this great scene of garbage man because they're arguing about what the Klopex didn't or did throw out and like one like arts <laughs> digging through the back of the garbage truck and just tossing garbage on the street and then at the end he has the audacity to say well you're garbage man you need to pick up the garbage from the street yeah like, the entitlement is unbelievable but yeah, maybe absolutely. that's also because you know this is sort of around the time period of like the middle class kind of losing their heyday and so maybe yeah. there's some like internalized animosity about that i mean you could you know we could dissect that but i'm just saying like it, it, that part stood out to me like as something you would not say today to a garbage man yeah like, it's like know? so rude you went into his truck you threw all the <laughs> trash out because of your own paranoid delusion and now you expect that guy to pick up the garbage from the street that you threw out wow just i would never mess with the garbage man i mean i you know i've I've seen videos of people that they do something or they sent in a complaint or something and pretty soon their trash is like all over their lawn it's like take that and i'm kind of like yeah you know (laughs) maybe keep that to yourself i don't know but um yeah um I, i wanted to mention too when you when you first mentioned tom hanks I'm going to feel, oh, no, we talked about Big. Okay, this is our second Tom Hanks movie. Oh, yeah. weird when we've been around for so long. But, um, yeah, this is, so, you know, I was reading about how he almost didn't want to take this part because, um, you know, he was, like, handsome, funny guy before this. And now he's sort of transitioning into, like, in this movie, he's a father. You know, it's more of, like, a middle-aged suburban role. I could see why you'd be like, well, I don't know. I want to lose my like romantic edge but this is the start of a a, a different phase uh 
you know, the same year Turner and Hooge also comes out. Yeah, so this is more really... of like the lovable everyman concept yes. because Ray Peterson definitely comes off because he's schlubby throughout the entire movie <laughs> that he's just a dude. Like he's just a guy in suburbia. Yes. Yeah. Like he's a little bit better than the, the neighbor that's always eating all their food and stuff while yeah, his wife's gone. Yeah, yeah. He's got his stuff together a little bit more, yeah. but he's, he's, he's crossing into that phase of his life, even in the movie, I feel like. So, so I want to, I want to bridge in because we're talking about a little bit of everything here. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Uh, I just reckon because I was looking at Tom Hanks and Carrie Fisher, the chemistry between those two in the movie is great. Like yeah, I agree. just it's, it's, it's they, you can tell that they really like each other and love each mm -hmm. other, but they also are a married couple for a while. They always have an older kid. Yeah. So they, they neg, neg each other just a little <laughs> bit. I, I just thought that was a very interesting, like, look at that, that relationship, especially yeah. in the time of like, this is, this is more of a equal relationship. Like, Agreed, and 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 it's mentioned in the movie, I think, by the other guys. Like they yeah. they talk about getting getting your balls back and stuff. They recognize, oh yeah, that, they do. Because his connection with her is different. Yeah, yeah it's a little yeah. more like evolved to where they're both more equal. And I think it's, yeah, it's different from you know a lot of '80s films with the the the, the husband and wife. They're they're kind of more. Um, it's a more like I guess like honest. Uh, you know, they they have some tits and tats and but it's not mm -hmm. mean it just it feels authentic yeah oh absolutely yeah. absolutely adored their relationship uh for what you get because it kind of spitballs into sort of the third thirdish act when she leaves and they're able to like hatch their plan <laughs> yeah she's not there to like supervise right right the boys are allowed off the chain and they're gonna go do <laughs> stupid stuff i love uh, that yeah, it's uh, so good, so good. Um, what else? What else? I mean, I, there's so much. There's I know. So well, much. I was gonna say too when you were talking about the vibe of like the the neighbors sort of loving and hating each other. I mean, I think it sounds a lot like family, right? Where it's yeah. like um, they have this connection where it's sort of like that guy pisses me off. He does this, this, and this. He's sloppy. He's I don't like his yard or whatever, but he's my guy that I don't like his yard. You know, like they, yeah. they really treat each other like like family. Yeah. Um, and that's like, what makes the Clopex like such an invasion as because you Because like Walter, which is, is kind of the guy we don't know a whole lot about. He just has the dog that poops in everyone's yard. Um, <laughs> that made my dog go insane, by the way, when I was watching it. There were so many dogs in this movie, which makes sense, <laughs> but it was driving her crazy. I kept having to like make sure she didn't break my TV. Oh, yeah, but like Walter's like he's, he's kind of a nar kind of a nastier old guy. Yes. Um, and you're like, oh, no one likes him, but they like try to quote unquote avenge him or come to his rescue of <laughs> yes. like, oh, the Clopex did something to him. We need to break into his house and figure out what's going on. And they just come up with these half cocked ideas based on what happened when it just happened when they were in the middle of the night. He got taken to the hospital because he had a heart attack. And right. but they decided to like and then they ate the note. Uh, Walter, I have your dog. <laughs> I love that. And it, it's very like rear rear window ish. Right. You know, yeah. or and and. And that part of it is really fun, but then it's like, what if that person was enabled by their less intelligent friends? <laughs> they're <laughs> neg. Yeah. They're neg because Art in in Mar uh, uh, Rumsfield, uh, all of them sort of like, they're all like, they're all like 
brothers. Like yeah, they're, they're they, mismatched they, as friends. They do seem like brothers. Yeah, they seem like <laughs> like weird brothers. So actually, I want to take it back a little. I want to, I want oh, to yeah, throttle it. it back a little bit. There's at the beginning of this movie, and this is why I really like get this movie. Besides watching it a billion times when I was in at home, uh, it is PG, so it was really easy to just plop a kid at in front of and watch. For sure, like, there isn't super. There's some scary bits, but nothing like over gross it's, or sexual about it. It's not the '80s PG where there's boobs. You know, it is. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> it's 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 very yeah. kind of tame. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was what got me first? That really got me in this is when Art is telling them the serial killer story at the beginning. It's a it's a warm night in yes. summer. He's telling about uh, a, what was his name? Uh, forgot forgot the story. Uh, but about a, about an ice cream man who turned into a serial killer. About it's like an old urban legend in his ta- in this town, and it's just this quiet night in the middle of the suburbs. They're basically quote unquote around a campfire, telling mm-hmm. spooky stories. And there's this weird house across the way that every time they interact with it, something weird happens. Yep. These weird omens happen and they don't know what's up and their minds and their imagination play with you because that story grips you. Like he did, they do such a good time delivering that story that you're like, Oh, there are bad people in like places like this. Exactly. Yeah. You kind of, yeah. I mean, you know, in the seventies and eighties, I think that's when things were really, changing uh, how people viewed suburbia you know it used to be like leave all your doors unlocked and your windows mm-hmm. open mm-hmm. and around they this may time, mention that, that in the movie they yeah. yeah yeah so it's like this could happen here <laughs> yeah know? and it's like well what are they doing over there have you really seen them they seem to only come out at night and they are constantly talking to each other about like what have you seen what have you not seen and it's all about the suspect stuff of like oh our uh ray sees them out in the backyard digging in the middle of a storm and he's like and they and he tells Art, and then Art like feeds all of this paranoia, and then they get the the vet who's probably got his own issues. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does seem that way. Uh, yeah, the the neighbor that um, I guess his his wife's on vacation this whole time, right? We don't see her till the rest to the end of the movie. So Art? the first part, they're together for a while, like the okay. first actor to there because she makes comments about their their shenanigans mm-hmm. she makes comments about them doing stuff because art keeps showing up like remember they're watching jeopardy yeah he like <laughs> knocks on the door and she's like we're watching the show i don't want to oh, come no, out I mean, and talk uh, to you art's right now. wife yeah art's wife oh, okay. is gone we never yeah, she's see gone her. that's what i'm sorry, saying sorry. she she shows up at the end and that's why he keeps coming over because she's not there to like cook for him and take care of him that's right i forgot so. he that, forgot that he's she shows up at the end i forgot about that yeah because so he says my she, wife yeah he's like oh no my wife's back yeah because <laughs> he was really enjoying that freedom except that he did keep coming over because he needed to be fed yes eating stuff like, out of the fridge and keep stuff. feeding him yeah. like <laughs> they're like oh poor art he really can't do this on his own but didn't yep. mean to derail that. I, I just thought that was funny. no, no, that, that's it's real good. <laughs> There's so many great little moments in this movie. Uh, as again, physical comedy, like we said, there's a lot of like, oh, guy slips on poop, oh, dog poop. Okay, that's funny. But there's also like the bee attack where they actually try to. I love like, the bee attack. <laughs> they also, they also like nagging. This is where they're like brothers because they're nagging each other, going, oh, no, you do it. No, no, you fucking do it. No, you do it. And they're, then they go up, they knock. Not only do they knock, and it turns into like six, six, six. 
yes for the thing one of them falls through the 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 through the oh man my brain it's like the floorboards the floorboard the, the yeah, porch, he yeah. Through the porch porch yeah falls through the bridge and then they do it again and then the bees that were nested or wasps <laughs> that were nested inside the house come screaming out and then there's more physical comedy with with Rumsfeld getting the hose and he like runs and just gets yanked yanked by it because he goes too fast <laughs> yeah. and it's not long enough it's just this, this great physical comedy that you don't get like it's a classic physical comedy bit Agreed. of them just going and then like the physical comedy later where they're like infiltrating the house and yes. like putting their hands on the fence that's electrified and falling over <laughs> and then at the very end well, I, I love reading this tom hanks uh i'll make another comment improvise the scene where he picks up the gurney and puts himself yes. into the he improvised that i was like it's that's such a awesome. funny moment it's like yep. a very like i'm i'm done i'm getting out of here like i'm i'm in under arrest i was yeah. wrong this has all <laughs> been uh, like he really he's just like he's resigned to his fate yeah he's just like i'm screwed i have i've done stupid stuff uh and then then the twist at the end happens yes which is wonderful mm -hmm. yeah uh, i heard they i heard they they did another ending yeah i didn't watch i didn't weren't... get a chance to watch it but i saw on youtube there's like an alternate ending yeah the alternate ending supposedly is he gets in the clopet gets in the ambulance with ray and you don't know what happens after that like it's never revealed if the clopets were really the really the people they thought they were there yeah. was no justification. It's supposed to be very nebulous. I and see. And then they went back and shot a new one where they had closure of like, no, the Klopeks are really evil. Like everything I think you were. It's funnier if you know that they're evil. Yes. Yes. Like they're comically <laughs> evil. Yeah. Like their trunk is full of bones. Evil. Like. Yeah. But but it is true. Like the way he delivers those lines about like, oh, you know, you I know what you saw. Like that that is kind of yeah. it could end there and and you know you wouldn't know so yeah yeah that, that, that was too. part of it and and, and i'm good. also read up that most of this movie was improvised oh really well that it, makes sense because a lot of it feels improvised i think one of my favorite moments that it, it just stands out to me in this movie i always think about it is is when they find that bone mm -hmm. <laughs> and they're like this is walter and they're just like scream cam yeah. <laughs> I, I it makes me laugh so hard every time like that one scene like weirdly feels like more modern humor in that moment than the rest of it does maybe because actually that feels that. more cartoony to me because of the, <laughs> the back and forth camera yeah yeah, yeah. And they're just screaming <laughs> it's just so silly like the thought of them just screaming you know yeah and, and like there's good there's good moments where they 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 keep they they toe the line very neatly on a horror movie yes. but they always always come back to the comedy and show you guys this is us just poking fun and being weird this isn't yeah. like actual legit horror like no no it feels you, safe it, yeah. it feels very safe it feels yeah. very like like decent like like gentle horror but it's super fun just to watch them just eat up the scenery with each other and just go around talking Ah, such a good, such a good movie. Sorry. It's so I know good. I've said that like a thousand times already. No, I agree. And and um, I will say that, like I said, I saw this as a kid, which I'm kind of impressed that it kept my 
attention since it's like all adults pretty much except yep. for Corey. But I guess it was just so zany and so physical that that's mm-hmm. what kept me going. But I was very afraid of uh, Ray's dream. Where he's Ooh, on yeah, <laughs> I was hoping you would bring up the dream. The dream sequence is is a little, little left field for this movie. It is. It's, it's kind of random. Old, it's very random, but it makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. because you're 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 seeing that Ray's being really subconsciously affected by all the stuff that's going on, yeah. all of Art's little paranoia. Uh, my favorite part, because I got to talk about it, is the the line, uh, sing, the little song. Look, Ray, Ray, you're chanting. You're chanting. Satan <laughs> is good. Satan is my pal. And like that stuff is so just like so that gets good. quoted to this day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when he's on the barbecue, I remember I like started crying. And Aww. my dad, my dad was like, he looked at me like, honey, like, do you not see how silly this is? It's a man on a barbecue, like, like on the barbecue we have outside, like on a grill. And I was that's like, a really big barbecue. Oh. <laughs> so he was like, okay, <laughs> fine. So we just fast forward that part, but <laughs> but now it, it makes me laugh. And I remember, like, when I hadn't seen this for a long time, I was like, what was that movie I saw? Ah, uh, Skip. That was the dude's scary. name. That was the oh, serial killer's name, Skip. Because I remember he 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 because <laughs> they have actors from the movie playing people in his dream. Oh, that's he even right. Makes, that's right. Because he even makes it. Hey, uh, uh, hey, Ray. It's fine. It's me. It's me. It's me. Uh, Art. I'm playing Skip. Like he actually oh, yeah, says yeah, it yeah. right to the camera. That's so funny. Yeah, and and I remember like vaguely remembering this movie and being like. But I remember it being scary, but then I was like, but then I remember someone on a grill. And then I was like, <laughs> it must have been a comedy, and it just scared me. And that's like, that was the journey to like yep. uncovering this childhood memory and having to buy the movie to rewatch it. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it, yeah. It, it ages well. So. Yeah, I'm super happy you mentioned the dream because the dream yes. sequence is, is left field, but it's very cool. It just shows it's a little scary at the beginning because it's like there's like a chainsaw in the middle of his, like <laughs> yeah. his bed because he thinks he's falling asleep with his wife. All this other stuff. Also, notice definitely, definitely eighties. Like the 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 married couple's bed is the same bed. Like yes, it is there true. in the bed together. We're past, you know, uh, you know, Lucille Ball era. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, well, I'm trying to. What else? Let's. Uh, Ricky's an interesting character. Corey Feldman's character, yes, because he's just the like a summer kid painting a house. Right. And, I guess but, he doesn't live there. He just likes being there, or does I he live there? He, live, he must live close. No one claims him. You no, know? no, he's not anyone's <laughs> kid. He just is there, just and there. his friends show up, and he he's watching the, uh, the 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 doings of these weirdos. Yeah, he's less interested in his teenage life. He's more interested in this like wacky adult world that he gets to watch as a sideshow. And, and it eventually wants to be like in the crew and a part of, which is yeah, funny yeah. He, because he likes he likes like feeling because like art seems like that cool uncle that you want to have. Yeah, it's the <laughs> uncle that will let you do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He feels like an adult, and then he when he has that girlfriend over, and he's like narrating yeah. everything to her, and she's getting invested too. It's like yeah. turning into a reality show. It's, oh, it's don't great. go anywhere. Pizza do be here in ten minutes. <laughs> yes, and by the time I saw this movie, obviously I was like very into like the Goonies, and you know mm-hmm. just all the Stand by Me, like all the movies that had Corey in it. So yep. I was very invested. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, what are some 
Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go, go ahead. I was going to say, what, what are some other scenes? I feel like we've kind of jumped into. Yeah, we've been jumping around a lot, scenes. but there's so yeah. many good scenes. Uh, there we are. talked about the opening scene. We talked about that. Um, actually, what's interesting, I, I think, is we never get a real good explanation of why uh, Ray took the week off of work. Like, what's going on there? Mm -hmm. I mean, this isn't dude from the 80s. You just don't take a week off randomly. Because I read some trivia that that one of the sort of the background story beats that wasn't really explained was that Ray didn't want to tell his family he was fired from his job. And that's kind oh. of why he's around and he's not like he's not doing much. He doesn't seem very focused. Oh, that's a good point, because narratively, I was like, if they're not going to copy the rear window model, then, he, you know, he didn't break his leg. He's not right. stuck at home. So they have to come up with some other reason why he would be at home for a week. And I yep. think I assumed like, oh, it's one of those things where you like bought a house and can't really afford to go on vacation. Uh, but it is interesting that his wife and his kids aren't really a part of these plans. So that does kind of lend itself more to like, cause otherwise it would be like, this is a family week, but yeah. it's weird. It's not, I don't know. Is it, is it the summer in this movie or? Yes, it is. Okay, because it is. So Art, they would be out of school, about, I guess. A, he, yeah. he mentions because the skip story talks about a night like this. He talks I about see. like the, the warmness of the weather and that okay. it's obviously the summer and like, and like this is all why Ricky is paying the house and he's not in school during and why his kid is not in school either. Like That's his right. Kid's not that going makes sense. Yeah. And it's also like, it would have to be like, it couldn't be, because it's not supposed to be in LA, like even though it's filmed in like an LA studio lot, yeah. it's supposed to be in Chicago. Cause I, I read some of the cars, the police cards say that. Yeah. And uh, again, very eighties, everything yeah. is in Chicago in the eighties. Yeah, so. like yeah, so, <laughs> um, their meeting with the like actual Klopex, like to go introduce him is always fun just because of how grim and terrible their houses like right you're like, like falling apart <laughs> yeah everyone's like this you all are gross like it's like you live here physically like very haunted very like hoarder sort of situation yeah it's bad mm -hmm. uh, another thing we can talk about this was a little more of a deeper dive like if you want to go like a little meta with it and like, go for say, it breaking it down um, it's, it's as I said, it was a parody, be, and it's also a, sort of a satire, an examination of suburban life because this is about paranoia about the other. Oh, for and sure. Like, you have like the invasion of the Klopex, and well, Klopex could be from anywhere, but it could stand for like many different groups. Uh, exactly uh, the fact that they're oppressed foreign. groups, minority yeah. groups being injecting themselves into what people think is normal in regular like a regular exactly. family like yeah. picket fence the whole deal and then the, these weirdos show up and mm -hmm. there's no the, there's no woman with them there's not a wife or a daughter or or mother nothing just 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 men because you got the you have the grandfather the the son and then looks probably the grandson which is uh hans Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. And, and their biggest crime at first is just standing out and right. doing 
you know, vaguely weird things, which are not criminal, uh, and then looking for criminality in everything that they do. And and it could have ended with them finding nothing wrong with them, and they all wasted all their time, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, punishing this group of people just because they were strange and they didn't want them in their neighborhood. So Yeah, and that's where where if you've never seen the movie and you're watching and you're being honest and you're following the story, you're like, are you? Are they really evil? Because the movie is telegraphing you all the way, yeah. trying to say, these are evil people. But if they didn't show you, validate you at the end, you don't actually know. They never explain it. And that's all like cinema language filtering into your brain. For sure. And and I mean, they're terrorizing them because like, yes. you know, when they come over for the wives are like, let's talk to them. Like, let's have a dialogue instead of like what you guys are doing, sneaking around and like invading their privacy. Um, but then it quickly turns into the, uh, the older friend, uh, the vet guy, like interrogating them mm-hmm. and, you know, insisting on stuff and demanding to see certain things. It's like totally inappropriate. And then later, like even trying to cut their power line to get them to leave the house, you know, like all that, yeah. if they're wrong, they're literally just terrorizing them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want, to, want to know more about the scene because the the epitus for the big like invasion scene at the towards the end, and like the digging is, uh, Ray finds the toupee that was Walter that he put back in the house. Yes, and it's like I wonder if that went they went back and reshot that scene when they changed the ending or not because uh-huh. that does that that is a little bit of evidence in their favor at at towards the end of the movie that something's going on sure except that walter was alive right or does he die when he comes yes back? but the question is so they find walter is in the hospital they go into walter's house because weenie the dog was not taken care of so yeah. they were wondering what happened to walter signs quote unquote signs of a struggle they go inside they find walter's toupee that's right. And then when he but makes then they the make letter, that comment old people wear toupees. Right. Yeah. And then yeah, and then they 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 when he writes the letter, he thrusts the toupee back through the mail slot. So it's inside the house, and then he later in the movie finds the toupee in the Clopex. But is it his toupee, or is it that old people have toupees in the I people's house that they took Actually, over? Hmm. I never thought about like, it like that. Sense if it really was Walter's, because Walter's fine. Yeah, well, that's weird. Then I got suckered into this movie, too, for 20-odd <laughs> well, years. Well, then, so what the answer could be, I mean, at the end, the Klopiks admit to um, they tried to buy the house from somebody. They didn't want to buy, sell it to them, so they killed them. He said, you know how old people can be. So it's probably another old person's toupee. Yeah, that's true. This could be just because they also look like hoarders, regardless of what they're doing. Yeah. They obviously collect a lot of weird things, so it could have just been a a toupee yeah but maybe they're victims toupee that yeah or it's like oh it's a toupee and they just assumed it was walter's because it looked a lot like walter's toupee and their own paranoid brain just went collect the dots well i mean none of them look like they would be wearing a toupee so it's valid you know weird thing that he found yeah um for sure but yeah yeah It, it, it sort of through his own suspicion validating him he ended up being right just not about what he thought it was about <laughs> right yeah because they're not good at what they're doing yeah, at all so on any level <laughs> the model that these clopics have i guess at the end is that they invade people's homes kill them and bury them but it seemed like there were so many bones in that 
uh trunk so they must do that a lot well they they, <laughs> so. they one of the things is like they sort of see them like in the backyard like they must, yeah. they're burying like burying in the backyard they want to go and dig up the backyard oh no the first one is they see hans like over and over like jam this trash bags into the trash can oh that's right that's right yeah bodies and, go through and then them the next day yeah then the next day they do the whole the whole thing they're like oh they must have switched it in the middle of the night then they see him like doing something in the backyard uh, because his son says uh, sometimes I see them in the backyard. Um, and so that's why they want to go in there and they try to dig up the backyard to see if they can find bones. I think what it is is that they like, obviously burn them up yeah. because they have the whole furnace thing and then they just collect them in the car like yeah. as, as just a way of because if you don't look in the car, you're not going to find anything. For sure, for sure. Part of the There's way through. So many, like how many people were living there? There's only three of them. Oh, okay, okay. I think maybe my mind was just yeah. As far as I know, there's only scene. three of them. The Clopex, there's only three of them. But you're right. There are like multiple, multiple, <laughs> yeah. multiple like, people. Uh, this for the seems bones to be a that. pattern for them. I think that they've been to more than one house, and yeah, they're finally getting caught. So yeah, and I love when they're like, "Is that your car?" And he's just kind of like. Just kind of shrugs like nah, i guess it is i guess it is <laughs> it's like no comment it's just funny yeah this movie is so good it, it has so many perfect moments for sure oh yeah it has, it has tons tons of perfect little moments things you'll remember uh, i'm trying to remember all the little things because there's a lot of other like little slices of life moments yes. like when he's talking with his son and art they're like hey you're gonna do anything with the ball you're gonna watch the ball game or are you gonna you're gonna build something you're gonna work on your garage that kind of stuff yeah it's very like again very suburban like mm -hmm. very, watch very the suburban. game he's like oh let me show you my new tools yep <laughs> yeah I watch it now i'm like oh man this is this is where i'm at <laughs> <laughs> oh trust me i i don't i unfortunately i i don't own my house i rent my house but i have lived for a couple of years uh, lived here for a couple of years now and i definitely become like a handyman i've worked on several projects around the house and outside the house and it's just it's what you do yeah and you brag about like oh i bought these tools or oh i'm working on this project yeah exactly you know, yeah, that's, yeah, your, yeah. that's your new fun yeah. <laughs> oh sure. getting old oh no oh so fun so fun yeah. yeah um yeah i don't know i feel like we've touched the biggest highlights unless you can think of another uh not really I'm trying to remember because again, uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to see it before we recorded, so I'm going off like raw memory. But I, I, that's why every so often my brain fires and I remember something important <laughs> about fine. the movie. I mean, you know, when you've seen it enough times, it's <laughs> you don't have to rewatch it. Oh yeah, um, we should talk. We should talk real quickly because I'm gonna look it up real quick. The score, the oh, score okay. of this movie, it's really kind of iconic. Like. It's, yeah, it's, it's very cinematic for what the content is, I guess, to sort of evoke the fact that it's a little bit of a parody. Yeah, it's it's a little over the top, uh, <laughs> but it but it's notable and it's 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 it definitely highlights every every scene. It does its it does its job very well, but it's just I just really enjoyed. I remember even to this day, while I cannot remember the actual like melody, I'm like, oh, the soundtrack was very interesting for yeah. a movie like this mm -hmm. it looks like the music was done by jerry goldsmith mm -hmm. yeah very cool oh like the omen <laughs> yeah the, the pretty important guy 
yeah, yeah. He did. He did. And also, he invokes good fear. Like, yeah, some of it's alien. very playful, but yeah. all of it's elements, all of it's a little sinister. Like yes. on the other end. I love that they went with that. You know, like they they really took the music part of it seriously, whereas like the rest of it's sort of lighter in tone. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I don't know. Do, have we missed anything? Can't I kind of went through all my me. notes. Oh, no. Let me, let <laughs> no, me, it's me, fine. I mean, look. the movie is, let's see. I mean, it's a comedy, so it is an hour and 42 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, pretty much a perfect time. Yeah. Like, amount of time, I think. There's there's no fat on this movie. No. There's never a moment where a scene feels dead, or if it lingers, it's lingering there for a reason. Like, Agreed. And even, like, the little tiny quick moments are done so well like we mentioned already with the garbage men you know they're not just anybody they're like two extremely funny people yeah <laughs> so like nothing is wasted like even the smaller parts are, yeah are really um good. oh what's oh another little factoid that i really loved that i when i was i was doing a little research was because of the writer strike they couldn't have writers on the set so he hired the one of the writers as an actor so he could oh. go the direct joe dante could go talk to him about the movie because he wasn't trying to break the strike, but he needed to get the movie done. Um, but one of the things that that the film was filmed in sequence. That's like, true. So Good from point. beginning to end. So yeah. normally you film what you need to film when you can do it with the script. Where this is like if they're improving a lot, they're building the characters as they go. Yeah. Good point. So all the evolution of sort of the interactions are very natural because mm-hmm. everything is in order. Yeah. This, this is just a, one of those like eighties classics. Like, um, yeah, we've been doing just, a lot of those lately and I I'm here for it. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're fantastic. Yeah. This is, I, this is one, I think one of those low key gems, agreed. like most people don't know about it, but especially if you're younger, it, like in your twenties, I think yeah. haven't like when you mentioned probably cause it's not that accessible. Um, but like a lot of people haven't seen it. So this is a good one to check out if you're looking for something from the eighties, that's a little bit under the radar in terms of like in a list of classics, not always highlighted, but definitely very appreciated. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. You won't, you won't, you won't have a bad time if you watch this movie. Yeah. Well, that, that brings me to my last couple of questions, which we've kind of already answered it, but to summarize what, why, why does this movie stand out so much to you? Why do you think you saw it so many times as a kid and, you know, continue to enjoy it as an adult? Um, it's an easy watch, but why it stuck with me is just because I watched it a lot as a kid. As I said, it's an easy thing to watch. Give like a 12 year old. You, you can walk, you can plop him, plop him down and watch the movie. You won't bother your parents. He'll have, he'll, he'll laugh. He'll have a good time. It's a little silly. It's a little bit of adventure. It's a little bit of an adventure to it. Yeah, for sure. And, and it's honestly funny. It's honestly funny and it sticks with you. So that's why it has stuck with me for so long. I've watched it when I'm older and I'm like, I need a good laugh or I need something's going on in my life and I just need to relax. Put on blurbs. All right. Tom Hanks being funny. Everyone else being hilarious. Just, just doing cool stuff. You know, just having a good time. Yeah, I think like I watched it a lot as a kid and I just found it funny. 
I don't think we even lived in a, in a house when I watched it. I was so little. Uh, but, you know, now that I am older and I relate even more to the characters, it's like even <laughs> funnier to watch it in your 30s because you're like, oh, yeah. oh man, this is like me. <laughs> like, whether yeah. you own a home or not, the, I don't know, the nosiness, the sticking around your house all the time or apartment, it's just, it's very real. I, 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 Life oh, slows to, down at that point. To, to sort of expand on that question, I remember watching the movie when I was younger and not really getting the whole skip story, like mm. understanding the context Same. of what he was yeah. really talking about. And then when I was older and I watched it, like we're talking from 12 to like 17 or something, getting, oh, he's talking about like a serial killer like yeah, in like this town doctor yeah yeah like somebody your next door neighbor could be a, a, a murderer and you don't yeah. know it exactly like giving him that permission to push his paranoia over the edge and like really judge somebody because it could be anybody but yeah right. as a kid i think when he talked about that i was like urban myth didn't happen and as an adult i'm like it Probably it just didn't, did. I didn't understand. I thought it was just like, oh, he's just telling him a weird story. Like, I physically <laughs> yeah. didn't understand it. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, that's, that's just part of the movie. You're talking about this guy named Skip. S somebody murdered somebody. Okay. When you're older, you're like, oh, no. You're like, oh, God. You were like looking around now, like, <laughs> should I spy on my neighbors? Um, yeah. So the, the other thing I was going to ask you is how, how do you pitch this to someone that maybe hasn't had a a chance to check this movie out yet Ooh, good question that's to sum it up because as this conversation everyone has heard it's very scatterbrained and all over the place um <laughs> do you like hmm do you like you want do you like goofy slapstick horror without being grating i would say yeah, like, right. have you seen nothing but trouble, but you mm -hmm. had a hard time getting through it? This Ooh. is like a Ooh. tight Good thing version I didn't suggest of that movie. Like oh, be thankful! <laughs> I didn't. I've seen that one a couple times. I have too. It's like uh, that. Like, gave me nightmares. Um, yeah, dude, that's a that's a movie. It's a like, rough I've watch. Been, I've been wanting to dig up, like, find a copy of that and watch it because it's been a long time. Who? That's that's a rough one. Yeah, uh, yeah. But this one, this one is just a solid like if i if i really did i'd probably just say it's solid funny slapstick slapstick classic like just straight up you will have a good time you, you grab a couple beers grab your friends even watch it with your family actually i yeah, think it may be even funnier to watch it with your family i think it is funnier because you know um they'll relate to it more i think it'll jog their memory too and I, you know i think like I mean, Tom Hanks is amazing, right? Mm. But I think nowadays we kind of think of him as like Forrest Gump and on, where he's kind of turned into sort of like this lovable, sincere uh, person in, in every movie, you know, Mr. Rogers and, you know, things like that. It, it's fun to go back and, and see his like Joe the Volcano days, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, like. Oh, that's the, another movie I could talk about because yeah. I remember watching Joe the Volcano many it's times. great movie. Yeah. But it's like it, introducing someone to like this era of Tom Hanks, you know. Yeah, like, this is definitely, as we said, and you made a great observation. This was sort of the birth into more of the modern, older Tom Hanks. Yeah. Where he's less like sort of the weird, like the leading man, uh, but he's getting more into his comedy. Yeah. Like he's really embracing his comedy. 
um, until he does like all the Da Vinci Code stuff, which is still good. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love that. But yeah, exactly. So it's like it's kind of cool for people, especially if they're younger, to maybe get to see like a different side to that actor that he had phases, you know, to his career. And mm-hmm, absolutely, you know. cool. Well, Matthew, thank you so much for coming on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really appreciated having you back again. Uh, I keep saying it, but I, was, I I really enjoy this film. I'm glad you picked it. And mm-hmm. I feel like I'm, I learned more about it through talking <laughs> to you about it. So I'm yeah. glad I can finally talk to someone else who enjoys <laughs> this movie as much because I've told people about the burbs and some people, my friends have never seen it. And it's one of those like could never get them around to watch it. And like just getting someone who can relate to it. Yes. It's like, if you get it, you get it. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, I gotta go watch it, but I'm just sad that I just can't, I don't own a copy. I know. I, you know, I've never made a rule. Like I've had people send me DVDs yeah. <laughs> because things are so hard to watch. Um, so I've never turned any movie selection down. I almost feel like it's a challenge. Yeah. Know? So I, I challenge need, I need the to, listeners need... to go track this down. <laughs> so yeah. Can... Yeah. It's not hard. It's not like, yeah. it's not like check out your local movie. movie trading company or yeah, something. Yeah. Yeah. You should be able to get it, but <laughs> yeah. it's definitely worth it. Worth your time, worth your money. Um, but thank you very much for having me on. I've really enjoyed talking about the burbs. I'm happy to come back on and talk about yes. anything else. I love talking about movies. I don't get to do it enough. Awesome. Yeah. Hope to have you back soon. Yes. No problem. Thank you very much. Everyone be good. 